Welcome to UX Soup, our short-form podcast, where we go beyond the buzzwords, talk about the latest user research, technology innovation, and all things impacting user experience of personal devices and services, whether it be at home or on the go. So I'm Lisa Cooper, and as always, UX Soup is sponsored by Strategy Analytics, a global research and consulting firm providing our clients all over the globe with insights, analysis, and expertise. Today, we're going to talk about digital twin cities. My guest is Professor Vasilis Harissis. He is a professor of human-computer interaction at Glasgow Caledonian University. He also directs the Virtual Reality and Simulation Lab. Welcome. Thank you very much. For someone who's not familiar with a digital twin city, how would you define a digital twin city? Well, uh, there are quite a few, quite a few, I must admit, quite a few ways to, to present that. The digital twin is, is, is an exact fully functional uh, representation of a real life system, environment, physical asset generally. So you, you duplicate whatever you have on a physical asset on a digital environment. And uh, then you develop additional uh, predictive capabilities around that model so as to feed back to the, to the physical one. So if it is a car, for example, you develop, the, you build, you have the model, you make a digital model, and you're trying to make different alterations and see how that could have affected the vehicle, the real vehicle in real life. And that happens obviously with cities, which is a significantly larger uh, entity. So, Vasilis, when it comes to the research that you're doing, uh, could you explain a little bit about um, how you've become involved with Digital Twin Cities? Yes, we... When we start developing one of our very first driving simulators, uh, we employed existing systems and existing algorithms and existing 3D models of uh, uh, in the beginning of American highways. And uh, then we utilized also German autobahns. The problem is that when you're trying to apply that in uh, and your users, they're primarily from, let's say, Glasgow and Edinburgh they do not direct, directly relate to the American highway or to the German autobahn. So that was evident from the very first experiments we did that the users were not really understanding the concept of the system and how that helps them. Because these environments that they were driving on the simulator, they were completely alien to them. So we decided at that point to acquire information from different sources from the, the, the local police and try to identify how we can possibly incorporate existing issues of specific parts of the of the motorway here in, in Scotland. And in turn, we utilized information from every possible conduit that we could find, Google Maps, everything, uh, up to the point of driving around and taking pictures of everything that was related to that kind of route so as to build something that simulates that. Of course, that was not, in that point, was not really a proper digital system, digital twin, because it was not really transferring constant information. So that was, let's say, a digital twin instance. It was a, a section in time. If something was happening at that time, it would look like that, more or less. And when we build that section of, of the city and we populate that with vehicles that they are, the vehicles that typically see on the Scottish motorway, on the on that region of the cities, 
it was evident that the, the users, they were much, much more happy to drive there. From the point of view, they were uh, recognizing every landmark, they're recognizing the roads, they're recognizing right. the lanes. Yes. And that, that, was, that was something that they were very much uh, keen to operate. So when we start kind of transferring information from the existing city, but not in real time, it was in a synchronous way, then we could embed them and see how they how they respond to different things. And that, that was working obviously significantly better. Recently, we had discussions with uh, other universities and other groups to develop a small part of a city here or, or a city in other countries in Europe and see how can we possibly gather all the information and recreate that kind of very simplistic motorway we did before, but in a much more complex urban environment now. Because now we do have the sensors, we do have much better networking uh, system and we can gather more information. Uh, it was promising as a project and now expands on something completely different. Uh, it, it becomes what it was meant to be in the first place. Yes. So the AI and everything else we developed now can be gradually uh, improved and uh, applied on much more complex systems. What would be um, the benefit of that, do you feel, to do a, a digital twin city? Who, who would benefit from that? That would, uh, would have different levels. I mean, you can go up to from ma macro level, let's say on a government level, on mm -hmm. a country level, that you can see how your cities are operating. Uh, you can calculate their environmental kind of uh, uh, output and capacity and issues that they might have, what consumption they have on different energy sources. Uh, you can uh, simulate different potential uh, natural disasters like floods. Uh, I know that uh, Newcastle has actually a model, a digital city model that they were calculating the flooding issues on, on the city. You can calculate uh, uh, other disasters and as of recently, we could potentially apply something like that to calculate the, the, the expansion of a pandemic. Right, yes. So this is on a macro level. On a micro level, you can go up to the individual on their own house level or on their street or the neighborhood and they can see how that place operates. What is the traffic over there? If you're going to build a new building, how that will affect the neighboring buildings? regarding the air circulation, uh, the light that you might create or the shadows that you might cast upon the other uh, regions. You, you might simulate the consumption, the energy consumption of your building and so forth. So the digital city can go from the whole city or to the whole country up to the smallest element. So, yeah, so something like 9-11, there could have been huge um, benefits to having a, a digital twin city with how we would handle something like 9-11. Well, that, that was a bit unexpected uh, scenario there, but uh, potentially if someone had calculated any issues with uh, any type of attacks or, or, or natural disasters, I know that they were uh, calculating uh, some, they have, New York apparently has a model, a digital twin model, and uh, they were calculating also the floods Yes. Uh, that they might affect uh, the different regions, particularly the Manhattan area. Uh, so th these are extremely helpful yes. tools now. I'm thinking in terms of emergency response. Emergency response as yeah. well. I mean, you can create different pathways to, to the different areas or potential uh, targets that, that you, they might have been affected on a city or points of interest. 
and uh, you could predict how fast you're going to go over there, what type of uh, personnel forces you need to deploy and so forth. Yeah. So yes, having a digital model and seeing that in real time, responding to the existing physical model, that 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 could have been of immense uh, support and use for 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 any type of services. Um, so, what do you think the main challenges are to creating digital twin cities? There are a number of potential issues uh, there. I mean, as we mentioned before, is the the, the number of uh, uh, data that you need to, to acquire and you need to calculate also different variables through those. I mean, there are huge amount of variables that they might affect the operation of a city or the development of a city. Uh, and it's very, very difficult to gather all the data. There are, of course, current uh, applications that they're aiming to resolve or you know, to minimize issues of data collection. Uh, but I think this is one of the very first ones. And in, in some respect, if you go into a micro level, like on the unit, one person, one shop, one uh, household, is potentially what, what ethics and legal impl implications will be there. I mean, how much data do you collect? Who is allowing to collect the data from whom or who owns the data? I think that that would be another, another issue there from legal point of view. And uh, of course, based on that, we need to have in mind the cybersecurity of the whole endeavor. If you have a massive digital model that can see and simulate everything and potentially predict things, who will have access on this particular digital model? Or if someone maliciously try, tries to, to get information, alter information, what are the, the different kind of, let's say, the the different levels of security that we need to have in such cases. And beyond that is how do you really implement what you get from a digital model? Because you can make the simulations, but you need to have all the parties, all the stakeholders of the development uh, willing to support the results of something like that. Can you tell me a little bit about the potential of a digital twin to help with COVID? Yes, I mean, well, it's not something we have implemented in any way. There are just some thoughts around that matter. Is that if you have an incident or if you have a particular case that appears in one place of the city, then you could potentially run a simulation see where that person could possibly have gone and see what, how the area, what population you have in this area, how that might affect it, the other activities. So you could potentially have a, a better tracking system around that. Uh, but this is obviously on, on just the entry level process right now. It's not, it's not something that I'm aware that someone is working on. I assume someone will. But pandemics will potentially be something that we will encounter again in the future. So it could be nice to be prepared at least also on that level. Or you could transfer some sort of information and say that area is getting highly populated by X amount of uh, subjects that they do have that kind of issue, potentially avoid that area. You could do that in real time. Or if you're sending ambulances or other support in that area, you might need to warn in advance the rest of the drivers or everybody else around through a different avenue, a different, different system about what you're going to do. So you can avoid traffic, you can avoid other issues. 
there. So in a digital city, it doesn't matter what would be the issue. What it matters is that how fast you can pinpoint it, how you can operate on that, and how you can visualize the data. In this case, things that we tried in the past, digital 3D model, uh, digital twin 3D model of the city or sections of the city, it's much easier because you can you can you can see it in a VR environment or in an AR environment, and you can highlight the different areas. You can really get yourself directly in the spot of whatever is happening. So, irrelevantly of what the the, the 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 emergency is, you will always have that ability to be everywhere at the same time and see the different fluctuations on the system. That that will highlight effectively what is happening. What would you personally uh, find would impact your life in a city that a digital twin city could help you with? I think the, the immediate output that you could possibly see is, is the traffic flow in a city. And uh, when you're developing new road networks or you're altering existing ones, it would be significantly better to see them in a digital twin model than in a map with dots. Yes. Uh, it would be significantly better. Uh, we are envisaging at some point to be able to have large sections, hopefully complete. And then you could, if you make a change, let's say on a traffic light uh, duration of the green or the red, to be able to drive through that on particular mm -hmm. hours and see exactly how it operates. I think that would have been really useful. Also, there's a lot of expansion in different, uh, you know, the, the, the urban network, it's pretty much expanding towards the suburbs in every single city. And you see smaller cities getting kind of simulated and connected to the main city. So these are different networks, different structures. They have been built 20, 30, 40, 100 years ago for completely different reason. So when you start con connecting sections, new things, they need to appear as well. Of course, it's always on plans or some in some section somewhere. But uh, it would be interesting to see if I add in the network in the morning 5,000 new cars from a new development, what's going to happen on a typical kind of A road on that section or B road in some cases in here in Britain where there's much smaller uh, roads. And if I do that and they are stuck on a, on a roundabout for, let's say, 40 minutes, these cars, they're producing X amount of heat. And of course, they have a X amount of production of CO2 yeah. uh, emissions. So how that connects to the existing structure? Can we alleviate that issue? Can we make it better? Because in that case, if you're stuck in the traffic, you're stuck in the traffic, you know, irrelevant of what car you have, mm -hmm. you know, the energy that you consume eventually goes down. And uh, you create other issues on, on the network, irrelevant of how good are the new houses or, or infrastructure and other elements. So I think the traffic would be the first thing on urban environment. Uh, and that will affect directly the environment itself. Yeah. And we really need to be, we ought to be very cautious about the environment we, we, we use as our habitat and we're operating because it has getting to have a kind of limited capacity of recovery. So it would be interesting to simulate things in advance, but simulate them properly and calculate as many parameters as we can prior to doing that. I think that would make a huge difference on everyday life. Yeah. It's something we take as, as 
almost a standard, it's going to have a, bit, have a bit traffic in the morning. Why do we have the traffic in the morning? Can we fix that thing in the morning? I mean, we have all, this, all these tools, this amazing technology. We do things, we build things like it was back in the 50s. Can we make it slightly more interesting now? Yeah. So yours might be slightly more important than mine. <laughs> A lot more important than mine. I, I like the idea of, of tourism, of being able to, because I get lost a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to be able to check out a city, a virtual city. But f- if it did have some level of layering of crowds and what the traffic is like, information like that, I think it would really help me plan a trip to a city. Or it would help me if I didn't, if I felt like, oh, this is not the season to go. Um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to walk into a virtual store and maybe one day be able to feel and touch, you know, with virtual reality, be able to feel and touch the souvenirs or whatever, and then be able to purchase it and then it gets delivered to your door? I think this is, uh, that, that has been amazing. It can be done in some respect. And, uh, well, the digital twin model might be used in other ways as well. I mean, there is not any prohibitive way of using a digital 3D model. And uh, the better element would be what kind of uh, population will be in a specific area, if it's a good time to visit something or not, what is a particular microclimate or weather condition somewhere, might be better later in the evening or early in the morning. So these things could be provided by a digital model, definitely. And if if we're looking on the expanding the whole concept on on almost a virtual communication and interaction with, with our environment, uh, visiting a shop and uh, having haptic simulation with feeling what you're buying or, or having an interaction with a person there through a VR environment, almost like teleportation in some respect, uh, that, that, could have, that could be enabled by a digital uh, twin model. Being able to be somewhere seeing what is in that particular section as realistically as it gets, and at the same time to have some sort of interaction. And the data provided can help you to make the most out of it, or to plan it in advance, or things that you might like to to, to experience in that place. I mean, especially with pandemics and all this, it would be interesting to be able to, let's say, to go somewhere without really going, and see something and experience something in whatever way you can experience it. Yeah. So, I mean, I was trying to explain to my little daughter about Tokyo. Okay, I've, I've used Google Maps, Google Earth, I've used everything that I could possibly use on 3D, Apple Maps, you know, rotate them. So here, it's not really there. It's a, that is a map. It's not, yeah. <laughs> it's a 3D map. It's not a digital model. The digital model will interact with you, will do other things. Thank you so much, Vasilis, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. I, I really appreciate giving us your time today. Thank you. That's all for now. Thank you for listening. Check out our latest user-focused insights on strategyanalytics.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter by visiting our show page at uxsoup.captivate.fm. Please remember to subscribe to UX Soup on your favorite platform where you can rate and review it our show. Bye for now.